Hey, I'm Julie Bethany, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today. If you want to watch this episode via video, there's also a link in the show notes for that. Well, I created this podcast with a vision to help you envision what the life of your dreams looks like and how to live it in a way that is truest to who you really are. I'm so passionate about giving you the tools and encouragement to achieve all you want in life, knowing that you're also going to impact others by showing them that what they dream of is possible for them too, because they saw you do it first. I can't wait to see all you dream up for yourself, and I'm here to take that journey as a friend with you. So grab some coffee, a cat, whatever you want, but get cozy and enjoy. Welcome to Living Vicariously Through Yourself, the podcast. Hello, friends. I took a bit of a hiatus, and I am so excited to be back with you all. Sometimes you just need a break. (laughs) Well, I decided that today's topic should be something very pertinent to something I've gone through and now know intimately in order to maybe offer some comfort to others. A few months ago, I was laid off from a company I had worked for for about five years and just adored. Layoffs are hard, and I've been seeing more and more layoff announcements from friends and LinkedIn feeds and in the news than I've seen in a long time, and I thought maybe it'd be helpful for this to be a topic today. Now, a lot of great articles and blogs that are really, really helpful to read tackle the financial aspect of layoffs and what you can do to set yourself up for success in that regard and with recruiters for your applications and interviews. And while I really benefited from those, the thing I found myself personally Googling the most during this season has actually been the emotional impact of layoffs. So for that reason, that's what we're going to chat about today. Although I still highly recommend looking into financial resources for those who have been laid off too, because Finances can also have an emotional impact, and so can that applying and interviewing process. And while this episode will talk a lot about layoffs in general, if you haven't gone through one, or maybe are anticipating one, or are going through some other hard time, I promise to make this information as applicable to everyone going through or anticipating a hard time as possible, so you know how to tackle it when it arrives, even if it's not your present reality. And I really hope it isn't, but I'm here for you if it is. (laughs) And I'll also make it as helpful as possible for those of you who are secure in a great role, but maybe have friends who you can be a support to after a layoff or in another hard time. Okay, so the emotional impact of layoffs. So there were emotional impacts I anticipated as soon as I got the news I no longer had a job. And then there were emotional impacts I had not anticipated during this time. And as I'm recording this, I'm still in the thick of it, but have learned how to better master the emotions I'm feeling as they come up and use them in a more positive and productive way. And my hope is to help as many of you as possible who are entering this season of hardship as I can from a place of literally being right here with you. Now, before I was laid off, I hadn't really experienced a true layoff before. I had been what's called pink slipped in a teaching role, which means that after two years, they don't want to add any more tenured employees to their staff because they then legally have to keep them until they retire, like are old and gray and finally want to leave. 
essentially. So I was looking for a new role over the summer, but teachers normally have summer breaks unless they're teaching summer school. So it didn't feel as weird to me. I wasn't normally making a summer income, so that wasn't as odd to not have one. I also switched careers at one point and decided coming back for another year in a district to do that. So, or declined coming back for another year and chose to be another summer without a role in order to find a new one in a new career category. So that wasn't the same either because it was my decision entirely. Needless to say, I haven't gone through exactly what I've gone through with being out of work at a time I expected to have work until now. So that's brought up a lot of new experiences for me emotionally that I've had to learn to cope with in as healthy a way as possible to retain as much of my sanity as possible. (laughs) So if I can encourage you that there are things that make a dark time in your life better and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, even if I myself haven't experienced it yet in this situation, but know it's there and it can just comfort you that what you're feeling isn't abnormal at all. When you might be experiencing emotions and reactions you never thought you would in a time like this, then I've done what I set out to do today. So let's go ahead and start with how you might be feeling right now. Now, some very well-intentioned friends and family or randos you're talking to at a wedding because three days after I was laid off, I attended a beautiful wedding for a good friend with a lot of people who I didn't know, which meant that as mostly Americans, one of their first well-intentioned questions to me as I met a person And then as I met person after person after person to get to know me was asking me what I do for work. Like the first question they wanted to know after my name. So culturally, this is a very acceptable thing we do in America. I got quickly tired and had my spiel down pretty well as person after person, minute after minute, introduced themselves and asked me what I did for work right off the bat. So I shared with them what I had done and that I was unfortunately laid off three days ago, but it's okay. And I'm looking forward to what's next. Um, Much to the horror reflected on their faces. (laughs) And many of the attendees took a lot of pride in their work because they worked in finance and the running joke of the whole weekend for all of us was, well, those who weren't in finance was that they pronounce it like finance, so it made what we all did for work a very hot topic. Now, the most fun and, or sorry, not the most fun, and made me feel especially inadequate in those moments, even though I know within myself that I'm not. I still felt that way in that environment. So, bonus pro tip here, Maybe asking what someone does for work right now when you first meet them isn't the best approach to get to know someone when layoffs are rampant and maybe we take a more European approach right now, so to speak, and ask someone maybe what they do for fun or something else or literally anything else. (laughs) We also happen to be heading toward the holidays at the time I'm recording, so that's a very not fun time to be reporting to again very well-intentioned relatives and family friends and friends you're catching up with, maybe, 
that you've just been laid off or in my case got laid off a while ago and are still looking for your next opportunity the emotions that you might feel in that moment might look like the type of inadequacy i was feeling at that wedding or it might look like the shame of not having something that most people especially americans have learned to define themselves by and might come with a good deal of sadness and feelings of depression over what you lost and anxiety about what the future might look like for you as you look for it. (laughs) By the way, a job does not define you. I know it's easier said than felt in our culture, especially right now, but it's true. Who you are defines you and you will take who you are into every job you're in. Now, let's talk more about well-intentioned friends and family and randos and what to do around them. So this is sort of like when you break up with someone and it's particularly tough if they broke up with you, right? It's an unexpected loss. And even if it was expected, it is still a loss. And if you were laid off, you are experiencing a loss. That's something a lot of people don't entirely understand unless they've gone through it themselves. So when you lose your job, it's a loss. That's why we call it losing a job. It's a loss. And a loss takes emotional processing and healing. And some people might say things like, oh, it's okay. You can go and get a new one. Like when you break up with someone, but like they don't always realize that while it's true fundamentally, you aren't going through a lot in that process by processing the loss you're enduring. And when you go through loss, there are a lot of stages that you might feel in order or simultaneously or repeatedly, and they are the stages of grief. And if you don't grieve for a loss, if you just shove it under the rug, maybe rug ball looks so cute. Someone in my building just got one. That rug is going to trip you up in the future because it's still there hiding aggressively under the rug. (laughs) Even after the new job or new relationship or time has passed, if you don't grieve a loss, the grief just hangs out with you longer and affects your life in a way you don't love it to. So tackling it now as you're experiencing it is really helpful and you don't necessarily have to react to people who are questioning what you do for work. Now, experts started with five stages of grief per the Kubler-Ross model, which I love and called QBR when (laughs) one of my former coworkers kindly introduced it to us. But in adding a couple, which many experts have done over the time, you may be feeling these things in or out of order or in order and then repeatedly sometimes. So the stages of grief with those two commonly added ones to the normal five are first shock. So being paralyzed by the unexpected, but unlikely news, then denial or trying to avoid how you're feeling, then anger, or finally feeling bottled up emotion about the circumstances you're in, then comes bargaining or trying to find a way out of your discomfort, but the way out is through. So it's in vain. Then depression, realizing that this is your new reality and feeling sad about it. Then testing or starting to look for logical next steps to move forward. And finally, acceptance or the accomplishment of finding that way forward and moving in that direction. Okay, I really love when people show that 
emotional curve as expected and then what it's really like, which is not a straight line or curve, but a jumbled spaghetti mess of a tangled line for how people really actually experience grief. So we use this in my last role for how we were experiencing change and it truly showed that you might be higher up in the positive emotions one week and much lower the next. It can feel like a roller coaster and my former colleagues and I would annotate the screen because we were learning professionals and actually draw someone in a roller coaster car on it. (laughs) It can really feel like you're in for a ride that you can't control. But there are some things you can control, and we'll chat about that shortly, and then we can focus on that. And by the way, some lists have even more emotions listed than this. So if you're feeling other emotions in addition to what I just shared, it's okay. I did. We're human. And humans need to grieve losses when they experience them. So how do we move through these stages in a more helpful way? because we're inevitably going to move through them, so might as well make the most helpful process possible that we can go through. I'll also note here that I have woken up on different days feeling entirely different things, so sometimes I felt like I moved backwards in progress, but in reality, it's just part of the process, and that line doesn't have to be linear. Spaghetti. The key, though, is motion. It's moving through the hardship over sitting in one hard area that you do need to feel, but you don't have to linger there for too long. And you can linger as long as you do need to, to feel that emotion and fully process it. But moving through the hardship is what's going to help you feel better and solve that issue that is causing you to feel it. We want to treat both the symptoms and the root cause. So we need to look at the root cause of what you're feeling to get rid of those unpleasant symptoms too. Welcome to my therapy session. (laughs) So if you take an emotion at any point in the process that you're feeling that is negative, it's helpful to ask yourself why you're feeling that emotion. If you're feeling ashamed, for example, you can ask yourself why. I felt that many times and the root cause I discovered is that I feel shame over not having a job and positively contributing to society, doing what I'm expected to do by society. And it's something we often forget when we're laid off, I think, and it's something other people may say wrong that becomes triggering to us, or at least it was for me, is that you were laid off. You were not fired. Someone fired was someone who was told by the company they were being let go due to performance or some other issue. Also, if you happen to actually have been fired, it's okay too, and we can learn from it and can move forward in a more positive way. But when you are laid off, it is not your fault. It is the company's fault. The company hired too many people and can't pay for them. It is not your fault. I love and hate playing the mind game. What could I have done to not be in this position and still be in my former position? But the reality is that while it's helpful to look at what you can do in your next role to be an even better employee, which is always a good practice, even when you have a role, we don't want to dwell there because you were not fired if you were laid off. It was the company's misstep and not yours. So we want to ask ourselves when we feel that negative emotion coming up, whatever it is, 
why we're feeling it so we can take the next step forward toward feeling a better one. Once we've identified why we're feeling that emotion, it's helpful to ask yourself if that emotion is A, true, and B, a helpful emotion. Chances are the worst you're thinking of yourself isn't true, but either way, it's not going to be a helpful emotion regardless or irregardless, according to Gretchen Wieners, <laughs> which means we need to transform it from a limiting belief into an empowering belief. So we need to take that reasoning and we can use mine as an example for, as a reminder of feeling shame over not having a job and positively contributing to society, doing what I'm expected to do and transform it into a belief that helps expand my potential in the positive ways I feel about myself instead of limiting them. So I might use that exact belief and turn it into a positive version that is more true. And even if your limiting belief is somewhat true, let's make the empowering belief very true and positive. So I might say instead, I will find a new role that helps me even better contribute to society, though I don't have to follow society's expectations for me. So I want to turn it around into something I can use as a catalyst to both feel better and realistically plan what I can do to keep moving through my current situation into a better one. Your beliefs precede your thoughts and therefore your actions and outcomes you experience. And if you're able to tackle the less helpful beliefs you might not have even known you had until you really think about it, you can make a better outcome for yourself much faster than if you carry those heavy, unhelpful, untrue limiting beliefs around with you. It will slow you down to be carrying those burdens around, especially at a time when you already feel weighted down. But Empowering beliefs help you move forward with confidence and excitement and, as an added bonus, much faster. And our brains also conveniently don't know the difference when it comes to manifesting in terms of what we tell ourselves is true. So what you tell your brain is true, it will believe and it will start convincing you it's true too. Great. Opposite of a vicious cycle helpful cycle. So choose as positive and empowering belief as possible, and it will empower you. So here's a recap for what you can do to help yourself feel better in hard times, like during a layoff by taking the emotion you feel and processing and transforming it into an empowering belief that will help you feel better and move forward to something better more quickly. All right. So first acknowledge the emotion you're feeling. Then ask yourself why you're feeling that emotion. Then ask yourself if it's A, true, and B, helpful as an emotion. Then transform it from a limiting belief into an empowering belief. And use your empowering belief as a catalyst to feel better and move through what you're experiencing into a better reality. This is the biggest part, but of course, there are other things you can do to help you feel better, like get ready because she made a list and she checked it twice, but it's long. Um, but she also has a lot of ideas that that's me. Is she all right? So here's what else has worked for me that you can do to help yourself feel better during this time or during any hardship, really 
one, any amount of exercise or movement, as in walking in the fresh air that has done amazing things for my mood during this time. So I'll also add getting fresh air outside and or cold water on your face or body if you feel like a cold shower, but I'm really that person. So I'll just use my face. Making sure you have enough to eat that is nutritious because if you're anything like me, my eating habits change when I'm sad and I often don't eat enough, which leads me to grocery shopping or getting what you need in the moments you actually have energy, like taking advantage of when you feel better to get things done so that you have what you need when you don't feel as well. And that has fluctuated for me. So I take advantage of when I do feel better to set me up for success in the inevitable moments when I don't. Also, cleaning a part of your space helps declutter the mind and make you feel less scrambled internally. Connecting with a friend who you know is empathetic and caring in person or over the phone is great too. Or traveling to visit a friend or family or place in general that you love or with more sunshine than you're currently seeing, if you're able to, is something I did for the first couple months because I had pre-planned PTO then, and it was so helpful to remove myself from my current experience and be surrounded by people and things that were good for me. Washing your sheets, I mean, and your body, but washing your sheets with extra dryer sheets in a scent you like, like I literally use five and judge me all you want. (laughs) So you feel even cozier when you're ready to sleep and it works for your towels and blankets too. Make them smell nice. Bonus, doing one of your favorite things that maybe you didn't have time for when you were so busy is helpful. Or maybe trying something new to you that you've always wanted to do and enjoying those small wins and making progress on something like learning French for me is always my example. (laughs) Laughing, like watching a comedy special or funny movie you love is really helpful. And in fact, rereading or rewatching a favorite show, movie, or book of yours is actually really helpful when you're feeling anxious because you know the outcome and know that it makes you feel good. And you already know that everything worked out well for your favorite characters. I'm a bookworm, so I often reread things. Journaling, which is proven to help you process emotions better when you're writing them down and can help with that step of determining why you're feeling how you're feeling so you can then transform that belief is helpful too. I have a note on this at the end, so stay tuned. Another one is meditating or praying or saying affirmations, and those can help you feel calmer too, breath work included. Reaching out for support via a therapist can be helpful. Setting boundaries with friends or family to take care of yourself and put on your oxygen mask first during this time if you need to is important. Managing your social media so you're only following things that will be good and healthy for you and encouraging during this time. So maybe muting a few accounts or staying off social media, if it feels worse to be on it right now, could be good for you. Then reading success stories or books like memoirs about people who went through a hard time like yours and they all grew and learned from it to show you there is a light at the end of the tunnel and how they proceeded through a tough time, like how I love reading Eat, Pray, Love After Breakups and 
I know multiple people who do that actually too. Funny. Um, I also have been reading Michelle Obama's Becoming and it's great. There's using your own hard times you've overcome as an example of how you can do it again and what worked well for you personally in those times to apply to now and knowing your less helpful tendencies so you can avoid them as an option. Then there's listening to music or uplifting podcasts or shows to help you feel more optimistic. And as a bonus, dancing to music and or singing are proven methods to lift your mood. So get those bangers out from your Spotify recap. I have a secret to share with you that I hope you'll save keep for me. I don't use Spotify, but should. Sorry about it, but also not sorry about it. And finally, taking time to dream up what you want out of life next and what will help you get there because now you have time to pursue a new role or dream or whatever it is for you that you'd like to pursue next. So there they are, mix and match friends, all the ideas, whatever works well for you, grab and go with what you like. I do mostly all these things and have done them at some capacity and they're all super helpful, though some for me are more helpful, of course, because we're all unique individuals who have unique individual needs. But as you go through this loss, know that there is hope and other resources for you if you need them just to Google away. I Googled things like, why am I not sleeping? For example, (laughs) the maybe obvious answer was because I was feeling simultaneously depressed and anxious and my mind kept spinning and wouldn't turn off. But I had been falling asleep at 1am and then the next week 2am, then 3am, then we skipped 4am for some reason and it became 5am before I fell asleep. And at the worst was 6 a.m. when I finally hit the pillow with my eyes closed asleep. I had never done that on purpose, so it was weird. I also have had an admittedly hard time staying asleep for more than three hours, wild, at a time, and have had way more nightmares. And a couple nights ago was the first time, admittedly, I was able to fall back asleep twice after waking up to two nightmares. I'll be honest with you. That's what happens sometimes. But I slept better overall, and that was a small win, which leads me to the fact that it's so awesome when you achieve small wins, even if it's getting out of bed, honestly, or updating your resume, or applying to a certain amount of roles that day, or getting outside for a walk, even if it's short. It can be anything, but things are harder when they're suddenly outside our routine and we're then forced to create new habits. So Celebrate yourself when you do something you want to be doing and achieve even small wins because small wins are still wins. And when we celebrate them, it feels good. And I want you to be able to have something to look forward to and to have an opportunity to feel good right now. So celebrate yourself for even the small wins you achieve. They are still achievements. And finally, the best thing I've done for myself is to remove any and all judgment of the emotions I'm feeling and what I'm capable of in any given day due to those emotions, my current situation, etc. Because when you remove judgment, you're free to be who you need to be in that moment. This podcast is about being the truest version of who you are, no matter what anyone else wants you to be. And happiness comes from living in a way 
that is aligned with your values. And that means living as true as possible to who you are. So you will need different things at different points of life. Be the first to give them to yourself and you will have what you need the fastest. Be as empathetic toward yourself as you would be toward a friend. When you're feeling down, imagine someone you care about feeling that way about themselves and use the same things you would do and words you would say to comfort them, to comfort yourself. That's self-love fundamentally. And it's what keeps helping you make, (laughs) I don't know where that keeps came from. And it is what helps you make you feel the best and be able to show up at your best in whatever season you're in. Love yourself by treating yourself and comforting yourself and being gracious toward and therefore for yourself as you would a friend you love who's going through a hard time. All right, to conclude, I'm going to use what Rachel Hollis concluded her recent show I attended, which was so good. I got to go to Charleston for the first time to see her live and Charleston is so cute. Highly recommend. Just adorable little town, city, place. (laughs) But she closed out by reminding us of a psalm. And whether you identify with a certain religion or not, the psalm is very well known and helpful regardless to know that God, the universe, higher power is in control. And there's also a point I'll make afterward that Rachel Hollis brought to light. But Psalm 23 says, and you may know it well already, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, referring to God as a shepherd who is guiding and protecting your path and well-being, they comfort me. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Now, what she pointed out is something I did not realize in my 30 years, essentially, of being a Christian and knowing this passage like the back of my hand, which is that it says, though I walk through the darkest valley. When we're in our toughest times, when we are going through hell, we keep going, as Winston Churchill put it. We don't need to camp there. We don't need to camp out in our personal hell. We can walk toward a better future, even if we don't know exactly what that looks like right now. We just know we don't want to stay here and that we can keep going through this season and know that a new season will come and we will arrive there. And when that new season comes, we're going to have my favorite gift that comes from experiencing any form of hardship. We will have grown ourselves, of course, and be able to tackle the next hardship with that much more grace and wisdom, but we'll also have the unique gift of being able to tell someone else who is going through what we went through. I've been through it and I survived, so I know you can too. And hopefully you also thrived and hopefully have some tips to offer that person now that you've succeeded in exiting that season they're now in and can guide them through it. You can look forward to that and you will be there someday. It's okay and necessary to feel what you're feeling right now and process and move through 
the loss that you're experiencing, all the wild emotions you're feeling are completely valid and not abnormal. And the next company that gets to have you on their staff is wildly lucky. And the people you'll be able to comfort from the unique perspective of having gone through what they have someday is so special. Well, I hope this was really encouraging for you and helped give you hope. And if you want to work through the emotional impact of a layoff specifically, I made an additional resource for you because journaling and writing and working through how we're feeling in a certain set of circumstances like this one is so helpful to help us process, to heal and move forward. And I want to encourage others in a time that hasn't been the most fun for me either. (laughs) So I created a journal for you that is specifically for those who have been laid off and working through those emotions. And it has prompts and examples to help you work through the exercise we did today of transforming your emotions into positive, helpful, empowering beliefs. And through even more best practices with additional tools to help you succeed and feel better emotionally. And I put personal stories in there to show you how very not alone you are in feeling how you're feeling and that what you're going through is valid and you don't have to do it alone. I want to help bring you through this season in your life alongside you. And you can look back on it after you've emerged triumphant on the other side of this experience and have a written piece of what you went through to get to where you then will be. How cool would that be? At least that's what I thought when I created it for you. (laughs) So if you're interested in that additional resource, you can find it and order it at the link in the show notes and or on juliebethany.com. So as always, go and make me proud, but most importantly, go and make yourself proud. You have so much to be proud of yourself for. It's not easy what you're going through, but you will make it and be even stronger for it. We all will. Feel free to share this with anyone else this might be helpful for in this season, and I can't wait to see you next time. Bye for now. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the podcast. If you want to learn more, find the show in its video format or see more resources for encouragement and living your best life as the truest version of who you are, feel free to stop by juliebethany.com or come hang out with me on social media on Instagram at juliebethany. And feel free to pass this along to anyone who might benefit from the message today too and share the love and show them their dreams are possible too. Have a great rest of your day and I can't wait to see you next time. 